0: And
1: welcome to Think Ass Boomers. My guest today is Sharon Roth. She is known as the Queen of Courage. Sharon is an author, a coach, and she has met with groups of retired or soon to be retired people throughout the U.S. to help them plan for a more holistic retirement. We'll talk more about her book called Fresh Courage in Retirement as we go along in the podcast. So welcome, Sharon.
0: How are you today? Oh, I'm good. You know, it's today happens to be Friday, and that's a good thing, you know? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) good. I'm good, yep.
1: So can you share with our listeners a little about yourself as the queen of courage and your journey to becoming an expert as a retirement and essence coach for Boomers, and what is an essence
0: statement? Oh, good questions, Terry. Yeah, I love talking about this. (laughs) Well, let let me first say, like, we've kind of compared notes and people don't often guess our ages. So I'll tell you, I'm 73 and proud of it. I've always been single and that might help with looking younger. And and I've been a behavioral scientist. Uh, That's where my master's degree is. And never having kids also helps keep me young too. But I've been a professional, mostly in IT. And I worked for Boeing for a few years. And I've lived in Washington State and Florida and Texas. But I went into retirement coaching, right as I was retiring at 69. So This was my next adventure, you know, and we need new things to go to, especially when we're in transitions, because otherwise we might get stuck in that, uh, what do I do now kind of mode? And that's not that good a place to be because you don't want to get stuck. So I do... Let's see, I grew up on a farm, I milked cows and stacked hay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I had my own 4-H project, raising chickens and and taking eggs to my neighbor. So, you know, that hard work of always something to do, kind of, maybe that's been a theme in my life, actually, because I take some vacations but not not a lot.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's so,
0: probably the theme cuz you know your
1: work is never done on the farm. Never ever. You're always working. <laughs> yep. I know that even though I didn't grow up on a farm, but I know <coughs> that just by <coughs> talking to people Keep that me- own farms. It.
0: Yeah, it keeps us out of trouble. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> but you know, as when I was young, that I actually started sewing, and now I make these little art blocks. This one says, "Daily do something that gives you help, happiness, and wealth." And you sew them. That is so unique. I love that idea. Yeah, the color. It, I love color, and mm-hmm. I love uh, words of wisdom. And I love to sew and it comes together in all these little blocks. And it's really important in, in retirement that we know seniors who socialize are happier. And if it's just even getting a dog helps you become more socialized because one, they make you get out of the house. And two, you can easily talk to people who are like to pet your dog or your dog, you know. Absolutely. They always
1: want to come up to you and say, oh, what a cute dog. What's their name? I mean, because I go out and walk every day. I don't have a dog, but there's so many dog walkers out there. And I go up to a lot of them and say, what a cute dog. During COVID, you had to be a little bit more careful. But before that, I would go up and pet them if it was okay with the owner. And it really does open up that socialization. It really does. Terry, that's how I get my love these days. (laughs) And people are out there and they're so willing to give you that love. They really, they love pets. Yeah. It's just like kids. So you never had kids. When you have kids and you're out and about, people are already always commenting on the kids and how cute. Well, an animal's the same thing. So why not have a pet? And then when you have a pet, the good thing is you have to take care of them. And it gets you out of your head thinking about yourself all the time. So you're thinking about what do I have to do for my pet? How do I have to take care of them? So it really is good in a lot more ways, but socialization is certainly one of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. When we retire, Terry, we often don't really sink into our psyche, our brain that we're in charge of our time now. (laughs) We're the boss. And um, unless you are planning your social time, how's it going to happen? That's right. You really do need to plan. So I think that's
1: what you're, Talk, like most people are just think about financial planning for retirement, but there's so much more you have to think about. If you're going to move, where do you want to live? What kind of life do you want to have? It? What are you going to do for enjoyment and to keep you excited about life? Like what new things are you going to try? Not just all the old stale things. You got to try new things. So I think that's what you try and teach people
0: before they retire, which is good. Start thinking about it before. Yeah, because you might have heard the myth or hypothesis that you live about three years after you retire. Well, let me clue you in that if you're not growing, you're dying. You know, oh. a green plant, if it's wilted, it's dying. And sitting in front of the TV all the time is kind of that wilting process happening. hmm yeah, I folks. totally agree. Totally. <laughs> So why? You
1: wrote your book, Fresh Courage in Retirement. What inspired you to write that?
0: Well, I had done some podcasts a couple years ago. One was called Maximize Retirement on Spreaker, and it was just audio. And I interviewed people kind of a lot like Terry's doing. And I also then went on to do an audio video version that was called Fresh Courage is Your Time to Shine. And because I've collected wisdom over the years, people kind of see me as a resource in that regard. Even in coaching school, I was always kind of summarizing what we were just talking about with either suggesting a book or an author. And I was in a business strategy group and, and one of the ladies left being a coach there to do her own build a business with a book. And as she was leaving, I commented to her that I'll miss her. And so she asked this little question, is there a book in you or in your future? (laughs) (laughs) And that was September of last year. And I said, well, there could be, you know, I love possibilities. So opening that door to possibility, you know, and then she nurtured me with a few uh, really key questions like, who am I going to be writing to? Who's that one person? Mm-hmm. And then I, I had um, kind of studied another author that I'd heard two, three people recommend to me. And so I used his format as to fleshing out different topics. And the topics I used were the main seven things that people want in life. Mm-hmm. So it might be conserving resources or conserving time or being socially connected or having status. How do you get, you know? <laughs> and I think trying to remember the oh, gaining, no, the last chapter was gaining status. So we, we look at how all these different topics and maybe a little bit different way than you've had them approached before because we're doing it from the perspective of, Having free time and maybe having resources, maybe not. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's great. And, you know, we all
1: need to be doing something with that. You aren't going to have more free time once you're retired. If you're going to stop working, you're going to have some more free time. So it's like, now, how am I going to use it? Because if you don't use it right, again, you're going to sit on the couch and you're going to wither. So you're right. How am I going to use all this free time? Even if you have grandchildren, they're only over so much. And, you know, the family isn't around. And last year, we all found that out where we we're all hunkered down and couldn't see anybody. So what did you do with that last year? Some people did nothing with it. Others really wrote books and got, I started my podcast. A lot of people started a lot of new ventures because of the COVID lockdown. But what are you going to do with it? I mean, if we live another 30 or 40 years, what are you going to do with that time?
0: I plan on using it very well. Yeah. One of my guests on my podcast was Living to 100 Club. And wow. I think he's on Facebook with his club. And he has a weekly podcast. I think he's a either a psychologist or psychiatrist. And he approaches retirement in a little bit different vein, too. So I'll never forget a story I heard. This older guy was out. Somebody was walking by and he was... He had an axe and he was shoveling and chopping and all this. And, and this he had been at it for a year or two. And this guy finally asked him, what are you doing? You know, what's your intention here? I'm building a road. He saw a need and he was meeting it. He was engaging, using his time to do something constructive, even if nobody asked him to. Well, that's an example of doing something that makes you feel worthwhile and meaningful to him. It certainly was. I can't imagine doing that. But, you know, yeah, yeah, me either. But uh, more power to him. And I think we should all be looking within
1: our communities and looking there first, what can I do to help my community? Because communities need lots of volunteers, they need lots of help. And that's a great place to start, because you'll make friends that are local, that you're going to be able to keep up with and see. And that leads into our socialization again, which we really
0: need as seniors. And the volunteering, you say you talk a lot about volunteering. Yep. Well, and you're probably going to learn something and that keeps you growing. Mm -hmm. You know, besides, in fact, what kind of triggered a little story in my mind, not too long ago, I heard that. Keep a, a pad of paper with you when you're out and about. And if you see something that needs solving, improving, Write it down, you know, make a list of what needs to be fixed around town <laughs> or improved. Uh, one of my guests had gotten involved in age-friendly cities, and oh. it was about it was about what buildings in your town have uh, elevators for people in wheelchairs or, you know, little kids or strollers. What area in town has public restrooms? What area of town have sidewalks that maybe older people need longer to cross the street? I'll never forget seeing my grandfather cross the street in Tacoma. Here, it the light turned green and yellow three times before oh he got over. God. I thought for sure I was going to lose my grandpa. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! So there's wow. actually a criteria of the HWO, the World Health Organization, that qualifies what's an age-friendly city. And one of the ones that took a forerunner in that process is Portland, Oregon. And they actually partnered with a college or university. And I don't know if all the students were young or older or maybe a combination, but I so appreciated them taking a forerunner position on what can we do to make our city age friendly absolutely and I had an uncle who was in a wheelchair for many
1: many years so he got used to where he could go and where he couldn't go but it had to be trial and error which is a shame like which stores have wide enough doors that I can get in with my wheelchair and and you know which ones have bathrooms that I can use that now you know the new deal is that whenever you're building a new building everything has to be accessible for handicapped people so that's great but before that, You you just didn't know which bathrooms were accessible and which ones weren't, which buildings can you get into. So uh, slowly we're changing, which is great because in my area, they've even put little cutouts in all the sidewalks. So they make it go flat so that if you have a wheelchair or a baby coach, you can just go down or bike, go down the one, go up the other so much nicer. Before, it's like you had to bump down, bump back up. So they're slowly redoing all the areas with sidewalks and doing that, which I think is a great idea. Again, more accessible to people with trouble getting around, young or old.
0: Yeah, he said that his town was was quite a walkable city, and, and yet the city had had a criteria of everybody having to keep their own sidewalks clean after a snowstorm and Mm -hmm. yeah the the law might be that but who actually does it you know but they started helping each other keep each other's uh, sidewalks because they did get a lot of snow there yeah that's great and we get a lot of snow on the east coast too and you know as you get older you might not be able to get
1: rid of the snow so it's so nice when you're in an area where the neighbors help you out. You know, they'll come and help you do it because, you know, maybe you're older and you don't have the money to pay someone to do it. And you certainly can't do it yourself. If you're in your 80s or 90s, you probably can't do it and you can't afford to pay anyone. So it's great when the community gets together and helps out. Everybody wins. Yes, everybody wins. And you know, in episode 34 of my podcast, I interviewed a local woman called Janine Mitchell. And she started out by volunteering just to help the we have a park called Central Park. And it has a lot of different walkways where you can walk your dogs or just walk yourself And she started out with this little garden project, and she kind of thought of it all on on her own. She's a retired teacher, so she took a few years and was doing, you know, just enjoying traveling and doing nothing. And then after a while, it's like, I'm bored. I've got to do something. So she asked them if they would like her to take this little patch of ground and make it into a garden. So that's how she started, and that has grown over the years. You have no idea. Then she started going to school. She became a master gardener. She started taking all these courses. And and then now she has a whole group of people that come and help her every month, all volunteers that come to the park and dig and transplant and do whatever they have to. And she's in charge now. So as she's getting a little older, she's not doing as much of the work. But oh, my God, she said it has opened so many doors and she has made so many friends of all ages. And that's an important thing too, because you don't want to limit your friends to your age group, because then as you get into your nineties and they start dying off, you'll have no friends left
0: and that's not Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to have friends of every age group. I have a friend here who planned out, I think it was a two acre plot for um, a college in India who had students living on campus. Wow. And fed them. And uh, she went over to India two or three times in stages. She's also a master gardener. And she had to teach them about using animal dung for fertilizer. That was a whole new concept to them. <laughs> wow. Wow. See? And so, yeah, her talent in master gardening has gone global. You just never know where it's going to, where it's going
1: to go, which reminds me, I love the one quote. I think it's in your book, but I saw it on your website too. I'll know the next step once I take the first step. So explain what that means, because I think it's so important. Everyone, we take that one step.
0: You never know what it's going to lead to. Steve's now global. Yeah. So one of my little blocks that I make is you decide what stops you and- Often that first step stops us, you know, it's like, I don't know how to get to from here to there, all the steps in between. I don't know how to do it. Well, I didn't know how to write a book, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and actually it kind of ties back to when I was a teenager, if a thought came into my head about doing something new, because my dad had a flatbed truck, I imagined that first step being like, <gasps> that's like, Taking the next step off the back of the flatbed, I I could twist my ankle. (laughs) The next time it came to me, well, maybe it's not a 36-inch drop. Maybe it's an 18-inch drop. I'm still kind of scared, but, you know, I could fall or something. By the time it came to me a third time, oh, yeah, maybe I could try that. And that has been kind of a really important lesson for me, and maybe that relates to our listeners, that I think there's a saying that the idea will manifest the how to make it happen. And I have a block on that, but it's kind of it's not easy to see. Inherent in the dream is the process of how to fulfill it. But you cannot, a steering wheel and a car is of no value when it's sitting still. That steering wheel only works when you're in motion. So take that first step. Try it out. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Try something else because you decide what stops you. That's where fresh courage comes in. There you go. Yes. I mean, it does take a little bit of courage, but
1: you just have to force yourself. And once you do it, it is, you look back and say, now that wasn't that hard. What was stopping me? This is silly. What was I afraid of? But you have to take that first step can be scary, but just take it, just take it.
0: So you were kind of asking about what, what's some tips to do? Two or three tips for the Boomer Nation. Have you forgotten who you are? Yeah, when you're getting ready to retire, we often kind of go, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Have you forgotten who you are? That is a line from the Lion King. You're still that person with a, well, you're not going to have a business card anymore. Here's my business card. And who are you without your business card? If you've been traveling a lot or had a high stressful job, You may not have a support system at home that others of us have, you know, like hobby clubs, book clubs, who do you golf with or bowl with? Who do you sing with? And it's going to be tougher in retirement when you haven't developed some friends outside of work. So all the more reason to consider, who am I without this business card? Well, you're still the person with your education, you're still got talents that you used all during your career, you still have experiences that have uh, made you richer, deeper, fuller, you know, in your in your life and all those people that you know around the world or around your job anyway are still there. Yes, they don't see you every day, but when one of these sidewalks needing cleaned or something that you, oh yeah, Fred was one of those people that likes doing something like that with his neighbors. Okay, Fred, can you come over and teach me how to do this? And, you know, learning from each other. So one of the techniques I say in my, I have a free offer on my website, three tips to create a new life after retirement. And one of the tips is, can you imagine who you might be at the next Halloween party? You can be anything you want when you're in a costume. <laughs> Who would you like to be? <laughs> a tour guide. <laughs> I sometimes have seen myself as a person on a ship because the ship's going to mysterious places and uh, meet lots of people. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, and there are some volunteer things that you
1: can do in other countries, I just was reading something about this. This one single woman wanted to travel and was a little afraid to travel herself. So she signed up for volunteer things in other countries. And then you're traveling, but kind of there's there's people around you and you're not totally by yourself. You're with a group. And that she found was
0: fabulous for her. So another way is called volunteerism. Oh, wow. Volunteerism. And I interviewed a couple people along that topic. And there's even, you can do Habitat for Humanity by taking your own rig to a a location and using your own housing to then be engaged in building somebody else a house. Hey, as long as you're curious and think about possibilities, there's a world waiting for us. Oh my God, so many possibilities. Like when
1: I go to bed at night, I still have 10 or 20 things I want to get done and there's no time, but I, it's bedtime. I just have to go to bed and that's a good feeling because there's, but I'm always looking for possibilities and new things to learn and do. And so I run out of time. I never get bored ever. So, that, and I hope it's that way till I'm a hundred. And it will Me be, too. I make it that way.
0: Me you know? too, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you go to bed with passion on your heart, right? Yes. <laughs> passion has the ability to light a spark in all of us. And that's what we hope we're doing for you today. Absolutely. We want to give
1: that little spark of passion to my audience. So if you are confused and you don't know what to do, just put on your thinking cap. Start talking to people and doing stuff. And like Janine Mitchell did, like when she first offered to do this little project in Central Park, it got so much bigger and opened so many doors for her. And that will happen to you too, if you just try. Just start little, like go and volunteer at the soup kitchen, maybe. Maybe that starts something out. What makes me happy? Yes, absolutely.
0: Do something that makes you happy. It's amazing how much we don't know what makes us happy. There's so much on the news that makes you worry and fret, and, you know, it could or it might happen. Well, <laughs> I came home from a weekend out and the first thing I did after getting my suitcases in was go and water my petunias and geraniums. Oh, oh, Sharon, that makes you happy. You know, just be curious, wake up your awareness about what makes me happy i enjoy whistling while i'm walking and and uh whistling at the birds and the bunny rabbits and the crows i like to see what's blooming or going to seed so awareness of what makes you happy is kind of where that starts absolutely and
1: like i love nature so we're going to probably have to downsize in about a year but i will have to be near walking paths and nature. And I know that. And I also want to be near water. So it's got to be like a lake or the ocean. I'm not sure exactly what yet, but that's what makes me happy. And it's very important that I be near nature and water. I'm cancer. So I'm a water sign. So I'll be looking for the, they'll be the priority, the house I can kind of change and do different things with, but where you're going to be is very important. So there are things you have to think about if you're planning on moving. If you're going to move to Florida or wherever, think about like Florida is a big state. Where would you move in Florida? Which area would be best for you? Because they're all different. You might be better off in one area than the other. So they're all things to consider and think about. Good, and you're helping us think, Terry. Good. 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 I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm a gardener. So I love, I have my plants all out on my patio and I'm watering them. They take me a long time to water. And if I go away on vacation, I have to have someone come in and water them or they'll die, but I love my plants. So that's important to me. And I, as I'm watering them and looking at them and telling them how pretty they are, it makes me feel good. And oh, that's yeah. what you need. Yeah. Something oh, that yeah. makes you feel good. Yeah, And when I started gardening years ago, I killed almost everything. It was, it took me a long time to learn how to get plants to grow and flowers to bloom and long, long time, but you will keep working at it. It'll happen. Like you're going to kill them. And then you'll figure out, well, I'm giving that one too much water. Maybe that one, not enough water or not enough sun. And you figure it out. And, you know, now I just love it. I just love it. Well, I had an aunt who actually
0: studied what plants like to grow next to what plants. Oh, that's interesting. I'm yeah. sure there are plants that, yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. That's interesting. And bees, you know, bees are important to our flowers. And, you know, I all, I was thinking about getting a beehive, but I probably won't do that till we move. But, you know, there's little compact beehives you can have. Get your own honey. I mean, that's something new I could try. I'm willing to think about it. So (laughs) we thought about having chickens where we are now, but with both of us working, we just couldn't. But maybe in another year, we want to do that. And then you get fresh eggs, which taste so much better, I'm told. You would know you are you grew up on the farm. that The taste is just so much better than a, an egg you yeah. buy in the store. Yeah. So yeah. these are all things you can just, whatever you think you'll enjoy, do something, you know, and volunteer a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot, but, you know, find something there. And then each little thing you do, you'll make new friends. So you have friends doing a lot of different things. It's another good idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. you got it. Yeah.
1: So we got your quote taken care of. How can my listeners connect with you? What,
0: what are your websites and your whatever you want to share with us? Well, my my current website is effortlessvitality.org. And I was blown away when somebody asked me, what does effortless vitality mean? <laughs> it means living from your heart. <laughs> it oh. means caring. It means when you're in. Okay. So one of my blocks, I also say, um, what? The job for you should give you energy, energize you. So when you're living from your heart, it flows. It just is natural. You kind of can't not do it, right? (laughs) That's true. It's like gardening for me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of a flow. So, you know, you can give many, many, many hours and attention and and, uh, delve yourself into various projects to keep improving or enhancing something or teaching somebody else about it. So effortlessvitality.org is my kind of my old site. I have another one that's coming up here soon. It's called effortlessvitality.now, N-O-W dot site. And it is using the kind of more some I believe statements for where if you and I connect with the same kind of perspective, it would be a natural, oh, yeah, I could work with her. I, I relate to what her values are. And, you know, our values are very key in finding our purpose. We're not really taught that much about uh, delving into our values. But I actually had a college teacher, I wrote a paper, it was just an English paper, you know, you got to write on something. And I, I wrote on values. He said, you know, in all my years of teaching, I've never had anybody approach that subject before. Wow. How about that? (laughs) So that started kind of young. But my book, Fresh Courage in Retirement, this is kind of how the cover is going to look. And there is one of my little art blocks, you know, to think about the possibilities. It is going to the printer, I believe sometime this weekend. I sent them some money this morning and we... Finalize the back cover, so it will be also on Now site. It will be freshcouragebook.now.site. dot now dot site, and we we have a pre-order form there. I just started doing a couple weeks ago Instagram. This is still kind of new to me, but I've done about thirteen minute, minute and a half thought of, around the queen of courage and the courage to be seen the courage to be the courage to do and maybe that'll be a new book <laughs> there you go yeah that'll be the next one wow yeah so i'm on instagram is sharon rolf one r-o-l-p-h one and i'm on linkedin and facebook i have a effortless vitality. Facebook page. I have a well-being, retirement well-being group that people can join. And that well-being has a dash in between. And I'm probably going, I've reserved the title Fresh Courage in Retirement as a group name, but I, I haven't actually opened it up yet. But where Fresh Courage came from was a Hallmark movie. They said, when you come home from vacation, you often have fresh courage. And I love that. Yeah. Yes, me too. When we're on vacation, that we hear that little small small voice inside, you know, about maybe one of our dreams or what if we could do something. And, you know, if you don't listen to that little, quiet voice it makes you have to listen but if you don't pay attention it stops talking to you oh yeah which is not good and maybe you've not given it any honor or respect and it's still in the back of your mind and wants to be pursued by you I think that's great. I think so many people,
1: when they get those little ideas, they just brush them off. Like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. And you're getting the idea for a reason. That little voice is there for a reason. You need to pay
0: attention and respond. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely.
1: One last thing you want to share with us? Is there Like, is there something you do every
0: day to kind of live your best life? Well, the thing that I've been doing this last year, Terry, is... As I'm going to sleep and as I'm getting up, waking up, I pray for 20 people. I say two or three blessings over every single individual. And then I ask myself three lofty questions. And one is around love and one is around money and one is around how I feel about myself. And then I ask, what do I need to know today? And somebody told me a new one that she she asked, God, how do you want to dance with me today? So I've started doing that. She calls it her daily dazzle. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I love that name too, daily dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> and then I always say help. And something I'm still trying to integrate in that process to end with how do I want my day to go today? what are some things that i'd like to intentionally set high expectations for? boy that's really good advice that yeah really, all of them all of that that's just really good advice and something anyone can do yeah and the interesting thing Terry while I'm doing those prayers i often kind of get sidetracked your rabbit trails you know And maybe I'll think about, oh, I could solve that problem this way. Here's a little tidbit, you know, to be an answer to something. Or um, I know while I was writing the book, it's like, how do I figure out what the subtitle is? Or, you know, what should I put on the front? You know, I had several different ideas for that and all that. So while you're in that, I think it's called delta state of not quite being fully awake, that's when... Inspiration can come to you, and you're open and you more likely to be able to hear it. Absolutely, so true! So true. I was going to mention too that the podcasts for the audio video are on my effortless vitality.org. It's on a page all by itself where the speaker one you'll have to either ask for Sharon Rolfe or Maximize Retirement. But um, okay. I'd and love to have me. you follow and share and like. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: found the one that was on speaker. So I listened to that. So it's not that difficult to find. So yeah, absolutely. I'll share all that in the show notes so people can find you.
0: Well, and I, why don't I go ahead and mention there's two on speaker that were particularly good. And one you mentioned about volunteerism. That's how I learned about it. My, she was one of my first guests, Joyce Menger, and she has a book called Smiling at the World that she wrote after she came back. And she went to 12 different countries and um, she tells a couple of fabulous stories that I do include in my book because that's the way I inspire you too. And then John Barnett does a, a, a number nine podcast was all about volunteering and the nine tips to help you get engaged in volunteering. I highly recommend See that? Absolutely. That's so good. And it just gives people
1: ideas of things to do because sometimes we're just not thinking of all the opportunities out there. So I hope they'll go and look for them because I think that will give them a lot of fresh ideas and
0: start doing things. So, well, yeah, let me mention, you know, I started doing, getting, in, you know, trying to find my clients by doing a workshop at the senior centers. And I created a, what do I want to do in retirement workshop. And that is available on my website, but I have an introductory one where I tell my story of how I combine my love of color and wisdom and sewing. And see, you've got some dots in your life, some things that maybe if you connected, you'd, oh, I didn't realize I could do that with this talent, you know. That's true.
1: So true. Oh, my gosh. Well, so much wisdom today. We've gotten so much. I really appreciate. It's been a pleasure to have you as my guest on Kick-Ass Boomers. I know my audience will want to connect with you. So I'll include all of that information you gave me in the show notes. So all they have to do is go to kickassboomers.com. You can listen to all 38 episodes and Sharon's going to be number 38. And then you just click on her picture and it'll bring up all the show notes with all of her contact information. So I hope you're going to follow up and go look at her website, buy her book when it's out. It's not out yet, but you can go and pre-order it. So I hope you'll do that. And everything's right there on kickassboomers.com. And I encourage my listeners to go and rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts. That way more people can find
0: the podcast. You had
1: something else you wanted to add? Yeah,
0: you know, I I meant to mention this at the beginning. What makes me different from any and all other retirement coaches is that I'm a behavioral scientist. So where all your financial planning for retirement is is part of planning for retirement, there's this whole emotional side of transitions, social, emotional, spiritual, and mental well-being that makes a difference that the financial planners aren't doing yet. And I'd love to be a speaker for your groups that might want to consider the rest of the retirement planning. Right. Cause there's a whole lot more than just, I
1: mean, finances are very important, but yeah, there's a yeah. whole lot more you have to think about. You really do to plan well and be happy in retirement. There's a lot to think about. So absolutely. So I hope they'll contact you and you know, now you're in Seattle, Washington, right? So, you know, but if it's a big company that wants to fly you somewhere, I'm sure you'll be willing to go wherever they want you to go. I have a dream to be an international speaker. Yes. There you go. So anyone out there looking for speakers, there's, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot more speaking opportunities for people our age because everything is changing from the way it used to be. So people are, our age group is learning how to retire and how to be happy in retirement. And it is different. So we need some leaders to kind of point things out and help us along the way, because it is so different from how our parents retired. It really is. We can do this, Terry we can absolutely I agree so thank you so much for being my guest we had a lot of fun I know my guests learned a lot and I want to thank you I want to thank all my listeners all over the world and I value their loyalty so thank you so much thanks for listening you're welcome